Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 it's time for the pro america report with ed martin on the answer san diego welcome 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 ed martin here on the pro america report i'm broadcasting live from waco texas i'm down in waco texas for some meetings and i'll tell you about that in a minute and uh, a lot more we'll talk with julie kelly of american greatness she's the best writer in america right now I'm not joking when I say that to you. I'm not overstating it. She has she is seeing down the field like nobody else, and she's writing better than anybody else. Julie Kelly at Julie Kelly uh, underscore two. You should check her out. She's amazing. She really is. I've been talking about her. She'll be on the show in a few moments. And also, we will talk with Todd Benzman. Todd Benzman, of course, is over at for the Center of Immigration Studies. We have a full blown crisis at our border, engineered by the Biden administration and the far left. You need to find out more about it. You need to listen to Todd. It's a serious moment, and he's going to be the guy. Plus, he's got a new book. We'll talk about that, too. Uh, Really important book, so he's super. All right, but what do you need to know today? What you need to know on this day, right now, is the following. The fake news is destroying America, and really, it's the narrative machine I've told you about so many times, but let's just call it fake news for now. Over the weekend, what did the fake news cover? They covered breathlessly for the last five days on Fox News Channel. They covered Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss is being censored. Dr. Seuss is being uh, uh, banned. Dr. Seuss is being canceled. All that junk. Now, I'm not a big fan of Dr. Seuss. It was never my, you know, cup of tea. Uh, And my kids were, they sort of liked it. Not a lot, but okay. I had nothing bad to say about it. I have some friends of mine that don't like Dr. Seuss. He turned out to be kind of a liberal in his life, but he's long gone. He's now 30 or 40 years gone. So, but Fox News is spending all their time talking about that, talking about that, talking about that. Wow, wow, wow. And then what do you think? that CNN is talking about. CNN is talking about uh, Meghan Marple or whatever her name is, Meghan uh, of Harry, Meghan and Harry and her interview and and Oprah and all that. That's what everybody's talking about. Or uh, over at 60 Minutes, they're talking about the the Viking with the horns that uh, marched into the Capitol that they call an insurrectionist. It's insane. And meanwhile, starting last week and culminating over the weekend... The stupid, failed, brutally flawed United States Congress passed a $1.9 trillion boondoggle bill. And the bill ha- will transform, and you heard it in an interview on this program, Mickey Kaus said it, it will translate as a brand new welfare program that is the worst of welfare. It's got an expansion of the earned income tax credit, which is not, it's just a giveaway. It has, it has dramatic welfare state. And, and the fake news covered all the other stuff until it was passed. And then the New York Times and the Washington Post, both of them had headlines saying this is the most dramatic tra- uh, uh, increase, transformation, increase, not transformation, increase of the welfare state, the social welfare state since the great society of LBJ. But they didn't tell us ahead of time. They waste our time with the stuff that is stupid and silly and dramatic and causes people to fight 
It's a shiny object. You know who's really good at this? Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly is a radio host over down, I think, in Texas somewhere. And he's really good at saying this over and over. They keep getting you to cover to look at something dumb when you should be looking at something important. And that's what this is. I am telling you right now. And look, I want to join. I want to take some blame, too. I only covered the uh, stimulus bill, this uh, Biden stimulus, uh, uh, broken, porculous mess of a thing. I only covered it late. And not a lot of us were organized. Everybody's running in circles. Nobody was really. I mean, I had people calling the Capitol. You heard that. But even 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 that, even that, even our attempts to stop this were being eclipsed by other fights like H.R. 1, which is terrible. But, you know, this one point nine trillion dollars, you know what else they did? They bailed out the pensions in failed states like Illinois and New York. They sent billions, hundreds of billions of dollars to the teachers unions. And here's what I heard from the Congressman Pete Sessions. And I'll tell you at the end of this about my experience in Waco. But Congressman Pete Sessions told me he said it was like pre appropriating. They authorized the money to flow next year. Do you know why? Because next year is an election year. And they're going to use the money to try to buy the election, to try to support their candidates, to try to make sure they do these things. Now, again, the problem is this. What they did is horrendous. It's actually not illegal because it was passed. It's immoral. But it's incredibly terrible, tragic that nobody was ready to get involved to find out what was going on here to try to stop this thing. And that's the, that's the, real, that's the real crime in this right now. The real crime in this is that we didn't have people who were able to understand what was going on and fight back. And at $1.9 trillion, you know, the Obama stimulus, that, that porculous, that insane thing, was actually, I think it was like $890 billion. Remember it had $109 million for a windmill farm for the Carnahan family? $109 million. It had, in other words, what we just saw, $1.9 trillion, is more than enough money for the left to pay off all its people, to employ all its people, to make them all rich, to insulate them, and then also to create more dependent states. And let me pause and say how outrageous this is in this sense. When we recreate these, these, these welfare programs that have no, no welfare-to-work requirements, we know already, we know already that this is terribly uh, unhelpful for the people who are actually in these, in, these, uh, in, in these programs. You know, in other words, it's not a safety net for long. It becomes, a, uh, it becomes an anchor. And it doesn't transform people's lives in a positive way. It locks them in to a system that's a failure. That's what these programs do. And we learned that. And, and Bill Clinton and, and, and Newt Gingrich were sort of uh, forced together and forced each other to do welfare to work. It was really Gingrich that forced uh, Clinton. But uh, Clinton sort of forced Gingrich to, on, along the contours of it. But it was very effective. And now we've got this massive spending bill. And, and back to my point. We have such a failure in this country of leadership in our media. Our fake news media is not serious they're, they're absolutely partisans in all of this. So they ignore what's in this massive Biden pork bill and they just ignore it. They don't talk about all these transformation things. They say it's going to be money for people that are sick because of COVID and, and are, are having a hard time because of COVID. They'll, be, they'll get, they'll get $1,400. They'll each get $1,400. Meanwhile, in, 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 there's a universal basic income in here. There's payments for people with kids. There's all kinds of stuff. And again, let's have the debate, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, Fox News, CNN. Let's have a conversation about whether we want this or not. And instead, it's, uh, it's, it's just utterly insane to me. And you know what's really bad? It's really the fault of all of us.
And part of it is that we've been lulled to uh, sleep by the fake news and beaten into submission by the fake news and, and, and made to feel so isolated by the fake news that it's hardest to get focused on the right things. Now, I will say this also is a little bit of a trick here, that the uh, that because the Republicans did back some of these por- porculous bills in the past, it, it sort of froze the argument against them. But we should have made them, especially when it comes to the transformations of, you know, see, uh, Trump, Trump, when he signed those spending bills, he had to give in to some waste. But he didn't give in to the transformation of all the of all the welfare programs. He didn't give in to the creation of more welfare programs. He, he was against that stuff. But still. At this point, we have a government that's failing us, and we have a media that's aiding the government in failing us. It's, it's absolutely positively a disaster. And if you think it's going to solve anything, anything, to have another set of welfare programs, another set of payment and transfers, and as these things get known, look, the Democrats are going to lose in 2022 unless they steal all the elections. They might do that if they get H.R. 1. But they're going to try right now to buy the elections with all this money, and they're going to set a generation of people up. The teachers unions, the teachers unions that have failed America in this time of educational need just got bailed out. States that failed on COVID, hello, Andrew Cuomo, got bailed out. States that failed on their pensions, that had no pension, you know, a viability, that had misspent and wasted and mismanaged their pensions, bailed out. Hello, Illinois. It's a crazy, crazy system that has just happened to us and it's devastating for our nation. And I can't tell you how terrible it is that we are stuck with a system like this and what the future is going to be. It really is a disaster. All right, we're going to have to take a break. Don't forget, please visit ProAmericaReport.com. Please reach out to me, re, excuse me, reach out to me directly, ed at phyllisschlafly.com, ed at phyllisschlafly.com. Also, if you go to ProAmericaReport.com, you can sign up for the Daily Wink. You want to get that, it goes to your email box at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time every morning. And all our interviews are posted over there. So please go check in there and see what is happening. Take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report, back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And uh, it's time to visit with my friend James Reston Jr., who has a, a book that we talked about once, but I wanted to bring him back on and talk about it again. And it is uh, called The 19th Hijacker, a novel of 9-11, public by, published by Republic Book Publishers. It actually just got published about a week ago now, uh, maybe 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 10 days. And uh, it is uh, a uh, historical fiction about 9-11 and the 19th Hijacker and how and why it came about. He uh, James Reston, as uh, author, of course, and he um, uh, researched this, and it's very, very interesting. First of all, I have to tell you, James, it's a true story. I love books, and so I got your book um, from Republic, and I read it, and I have it somewhere, but I couldn't find it, and so I had to do what a, a, a radio host does is I said to your guy, can you please, please, please send me a PDF? We'll never talk about it. I'll eat it. I'll burn it. I won't. And he, did, he did, so I have it so I could, because I wanted to look at a few things for us to talk. So James Reston, here, here's the thing, James, I wanted to ask you about before we get to it. I got hooked in the last year and a half 
on the Sharaj, uh, the uh, Michael Shara, and then his son, the historical fiction from that they wrote on the Civil War and the Revolutionary War and things like that. And it's yeah. so good, and it gives me so much context for what happened. Um, and you know, old uh, old Abe is another book from Republic Book Publishers, which is historical fiction about Abe um, Lincoln. You, you did you you have you done much of the historical fiction, and how how come it works so? well it works with your book too but how come it works so well maybe why isn't it done all the time well i think there is quite a quite a large um, collection of historical novels out there um, i think it's uh, it's attractive to people like myself because there are certain things that the that the factual record just cannot uh, go to uh, clearly that's the case in in 911 where all the hijackers are dead of course um, and uh, so I had to come to this this juncture. I really wanted to write about 9-11. I really wanted to write about the other side of the story because, in a way, for 20 years, uh, there's only half of the story of 9-11 that's really been been told, and that's the, t- that's the side of the victims. So the side of the perpetrators has to be imagined, and uh, so it was just natural for me to think about doing it as a novel because that's the only way the story could be told. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I we're talking with uh, James Reston Jr. again about his book, uh, uh, The 19th Hijacker, and, and there was a quote, a blurb, uh, either on the book or in the back of the book or in the pub- pub- publicity material from uh, Governor Tom Kane, who is the chairman of the 9-11 Commission. He wrote, through fiction, we may gain insight into the conspirators and their method- methods, which we cannot gain in any other way. By concentrating on the one human conspirator, by, excuse me, by concentrating on the uh, one human conspirator, human because he had a girlfriend, we can at least imagine how somebody from a good family could end up on that field in Shank, Shanksville. Um, was that how, I guess, was that how you, you, you figured out how to do this? Was it that you honed in on someone because you saw, well, he had a girlfriend and there was this thing you could highlight? And we should say a big part of the book is um, is the night. Well, you, you explain it better than one of the 9-11 hijackers had this girlfriend who who has sort of disappeared now. And so we don't know much about her, but she was referenced at the time. But how, is that why you chose to focus on this guy? Because he was ambivalent and almost pulled out of the operation a month beforehand, the real hijacker that uh, took the plane down in Shanksville. That is a that is an accurate fact, and I was certainly drawn to that. I mean, if we knew that that was the case, then uh, what on earth was his uh, what was his problem with the operation? I mean, the character that I have have uh, drawn in this. This novel is is meant to be someone who's just kind of pulled along by others. He's not really genuinely radicalized until maybe the very end of the of the story. And so um, it, it's clear that this that certainly the character in the novel and and the character in real life had a choice as to whether to go forward with the operation or to to flee with his girlfriend and get out of the whole thing. So, so that part of the thing really, really interested me a lot. 
And uh, again, we're talking with James Reston Jr., the books of the 19th Hijacker, and I'll, I'll flesh it out. I'm looking now. I found my notes on this. Um, that the, the main character um, is a uh, middle class from a middle class family in Lebanon, and uh, educated, uh, handsome guy. Uh, he has a he has a, he has a relationship with a Turkish German woman uh, that seemed to be very affectionate and all. And so the question was, um, uh, you know, and he seemed to have had some doubts, and but he went through with it. Is um, if he hadn't gone through with it, do they come get you? Do they come if you knew about? It and he like walked away. Does he get hunted down by the? Do you have a sense? Would he have had uh, a problem with the powers that be? You bet your life he would have been hunted down. No question about it. There was no no safety for that character if he had gone for it. By the time it got got to a month before the operation, he was really stuck. I mean, uh, I think he really probably had no no choice in in the end, but. Um, you know, some of these stories, you know what the final end of it is, but you don't know how the characters actually got there. And it was mm-hmm. the journey that this guy took from his fine family in Beirut through um, going to, to Germany, to Hamburg, where um, he met the ringleader of 9-11, Muhammad Atta, and got sort of drawn into the, the circle. But that journey from Beirut to Hamburg to his training as a pilot to the mud of Shanksville, that's an amazing arc of a story, and that's what I wanted to tell. Um, we're talking with uh, James Reston Jr. His book is uh, called The 19th Hijacker. It's very, very interesting. And I, I'm, I'm now on this uh, a, 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 a trip to uh, promote historical fiction because it's such a great way to imagine, as you said. And, and I remember when we talked a, a month or two ago, you, you talked about the, the pivot of history on 9-11 for the, the nation and, and so many ways. And I, I think that's right. I think the, 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 this kind of uh, effort helps people think of the pivot and in a different way than just it's far back there and, and it's in the history books. Uh, before I let you go, James Reston Jr., you also are a keen observer of politics and things. And you now you, this is in your wheelhouse a little bit. Um, the 9-11 Commission is now cited regularly uh, by Nancy Pelosi as she wants to put together a January 6th commission. Are there parallels that make sense? Is her approach uh, sort of de- de- um, it- demeaning the 9-11 Commission? What's your reaction? Her approach is totally wrong-headed, in my view. Uh, she wants to do it within, within Congress, within, and have the commissioners be sitting uh, members of Congress. She wants to have more Democrats than Republicans. That is a total non-starter, and that's just going to go down the toilet in the end. Uh, but that is not to say that a true presidential commission that is like the presidential commission that was that was formed after 9-11 should not happen. I'm very, very much a, an advocate for for that to happen. But um, we need to get down the line a little bit. The, the 9-11 commission is the perfect model for a January 6th. Uh, commission, but the 9-11 Commission was not formed until about a year and a half after 9-11 itself, when all of the dust had kind of settled and he, and the commissioners and their research staff could bring together all the various uh, strands of the story and try to make sense of it. We're still in the process of that dust clouding like crazy and there are people from all uh, from all levels 
uh, trying to change the narrative of, of what actually happened. We, we've got to go through uh, lawsuits and uh, more uh, congressional investigations and a lot of other stuff until the desk dust can settle a bit and a non and a truly non-partisan non-political commission can be formed to make sense of it it's yeah. like the 9-11 commission but it's also like the warren commission after the uh, jfk assassination hmm. Hmm. that's interesting parallel uh, excuse me um I, I, I that's a great one okay um well, listen, James Reston Jr., I got to run. I'm looking at the clock. I thank you very much. The book is The 19th Hijacker, James Reston Jr. It's it's really, really interesting and uh, and worth reading. So I now have two copies. Don't tell the publisher uh, that I have the PD, that I have the PDF, James. I promise I won't no, you, I won't you, post you, it. Uh, <laughs> I give one or the other to somebody else. Then. <laughs> there you go. I'll give the heart. When I find the regular book, I will. Hey, uh, thanks very much, James. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll talk again soon. You betcha. All right. Okay, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. The people are clamoring. Why, where is at Julie underscore Kelly 2 and why hasn't she been on? And so here she is, Julie Kelly. And before I let her talk, two things that she she's well, one piece she wrote, which is extraordinary. It's so good. And and I have to tell her she knows I do this all the time. I'm, I have like a Julie Kelly, uh, like a crush. And I'm always talking. But she wrote a piece in eight, 2018 called As Long As I'm Living, My Baby You'll Be. And it talks about her daughter going off to college and how she uh, took a famous children's book and stenciled on the wall this um, this phrase, that phrase, and uh, she read the book to her daughter all the time. And in the Dr. Seuss moment, she um, she wrote about it, which, by the way, Julie Kelly, it's a great piece, and it's so nice. And for me, with my daughter, my oldest daughter is 16, and we're, I'm already wondering how this could happen. But, but even more important, you know that for real conservatives that understand Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss is not my favorite because he was really not a very nice fella, and he wanted people to not learn how to read. He, he, he's used by a lot of people that like sight reading, which I hate. So I, when I saw the, the, the store books you were reading, your children, I thought that was much better. So welcome, Julie Kelly, to the program. Tell me more about that piece. When you wrote it back in the day, did you get a lot of attention? Was it one that people liked? Or, you know, it's two years ago now. Thanks, Ed. Um, you know, I think they were surprised that it was coming from me because, as you know, uh, you know, I have a certain persona on Twitter and also <laughs> the stuff that I write about. So it right. was, uh, you know, sort of uh, obviously an expression of heartbreak and pride and everything that goes along with seeing your oldest uh, child head off to college. Um, but also, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to sort of send a little bit of a message. You know, I gave up my career. I stayed home to be a stay-at-home mom. Best years of my life. I don't regret a minute of it. Um, then I restarted my career and, you know, I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, so, you know, those times are bittersweet. And by the way, I'm all, I, I don't really care about Dr. Seuss, the politicization. I would have loved to not have to read those books to my kids when they were little because they are torturous to read. 
<laughs> I agree. I, long day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. By the way, the uh, the the author of the one you it's called "Love You Forever" by Robert Munch, M U N S C H. That 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 story that you were quoting. I want to give him a plug. Uh, he's got a pretty good website actually, robertmunch.com, with all of his poems and books and things. So that's cool. Um, and by but one of the things I meant about the column too was it was not that column was not neat about your daughter, and I felt that. But I also thought a lot of women, if I can say, I'm probably being sexist, but a lot of women women that do what you did, which is stay home and raise their kids, want to see people that are prominent, women that are prominent now, like you are, talking about it as a great success and and also want to see like Julie Kelly is really succeeding in these last few years as a writer and as a and a voice and that's you know you can you can do it because a lot of people um you know Phyllis Schlafly used to write about this Julia Bunch when they say the pay gap the pay gap is in part because Julie Kelly took 20 years off and you don't get to go back after 20 years and go to the top of the line and Phyllis used to say that's that's our choice by the way you should steal this line the late Phyllis Schlafly used to say I had it all just not all at once and that was her way of, you know, she yeah. did all the things she want, kids and husband and all that. Uh, but the other reason I wanted to have you on, Julie, is because I believe you're ascending into uh, the pantheon of what I call the great American hoax busters. Because, you know, Joel Pollack was really influential in breaking the... Um, the fine people hoax, which was promulgated that the president Trump said Charlottesville people were fine people that weren't. He never said it. And uh, then the, I don't know who broke the Russia hoax. Maybe I'm not sure who gets the credit for that. But as to the January 6th hoax, the the officer that, that is said to have died, um, and he did die. I apologize. He was said to be murdered. He's, he died. And it's very tragic that he died. Um, but you poked holes in that early. And now everything's catching up to the story, except now no one talks about it. So walk me through. Through that whole, uh, you know, I call it the uh, great capital insurrection hoax. Uh, it's got a lot of pieces, but that piece that you talked about. So we were told uh, right away that Officer Brian Sicknick had been murdered by Trump loyalists on uh, January 6th. He had been attacked with a fire extinguisher, bludgeoned to death. They uh, ha- this. Um, came from not just the U.S. Capitol Police Department, but an article in the January 8th issue of the New York Times that really seeded that story. Um, And so this became part of the folklore of what happened on that day. We had, you know, huge police procession through the Capitol to honor Officer Sicknick, as you know, then the Democrats laid his remains in state in the Capitol Rotunda the weekend before impeachment trial began. Um, And so this was part Part of weaponizing what happened that day against not just Trump, but his supporters. Well, it turns out that the story is a complete lie. It's a total fabrication. Uh, the New York Times, under pressure from outlets, including mine, American Greatness, finally had to retract their story. They called it an update, but it's a retraction because what they said was the story mm-hmm. wasn't true. And, oh, by the way, the anonymous sources that we quoted we didn't describe them accurately either. So that has been completely memory hold. Uh, they exploited this man. He's only 42 years old. His untimely death. We still don't know what he died of. But now that he's been uh, used for political purpose, his cause now has been abandoned by everyone. 
Yeah. Uh, exactly. They they moved on. I mean, he was whatever it was. Uh, we're talking with Julie Kelly, <clears throat> excuse me, at Julie underscore Kelly, too, on Twitter. Follow her there. She's really sharp and funny and smart and tough and also writes these great pieces. But back to the Capitol insurrection hoax. Um, you know, they're going to do a, a commission of some kind. Nancy Pelosi's discovering that you can't say you want to do a 9-11 commission and then do a Nancy Pelosi's stack deck commission quite as easily as she thought, although I, I don't think she cares. Um, what do you think happens? Do you think that they start to do what they did with uh, this untimely death, which is to say they um, they got what they needed out of it. They used it and they want to move on. They don't actually want to get to the bottom of it. Or do you think they want to do you think they'll drag this on like the kind of Russia, Russia, Russia hoax for for, you know, a couple of years? My guess is that Nancy Pelosi is going to see how this story is falling apart, not only Officer Sicknick, but the idea about an armed insurrection, which I also wrote about. There were absolutely no firearms confiscated inside or even outside near the Capitol as this chaos riot, whatever you want to call it, was ongoing. That story is falling apart. Um, I don't think that she wants to bring attention to all the lies that have been told about what happened that day. And she really doesn't need to, frankly, because the Justice Department is on this really egregious, infuriating uh, prosecution of the capital breach. That's what they call it, cases. They are hunting down people across the country, dragging them back to D.C., asking judges not to release people charged with nonviolent offenses, asking them to withhold bail. They stay in jail for weeks, in some cases over, over a month. And so they're getting out of this that they want. I'd be shocked if they move forward with the 911 style commission, but I'll tell you what, I'm all for it. Let's get the truth out there. Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, Now, uh, one more pivot. I, again, we're talking with Julie Kelly, writes over to American Greatness and is all over now. Uh, by the way, let me say for the record, her book, Disloyal Opposition. I want to ask you about that, too. Got many things to cover. But um, before she was famous, now she's on TV all the time and she's on a lot, you know, na- national shows. She was on this program and she we I think we discovered her. I'm just going to say that I'm going to go and say she none of it would have happened. But, Julie, um, yeah. one more thing. Sure. Shifting off the off the Capitol insurrection hoax. Um Will we ever, and don't you think it's a problem if we don't, but will we ever get to the bottom of what really happened in November of 2020? Probably not. Unfortunately, I don't think so. I mean, I think people have enough evidence on their own. You see that the overwhelming majority of Republicans still do not view that election as valid. They have plenty of reason not to. Um, but I, I don't think that we will. And unfortunately, we have a court system, including the Supreme Court, that has rejected all of these legitimate lawsuits that would give the public an opportunity to see exactly how rogue and lawless a lot of these state elections were. Um, so unfortunately, I, I really don't. And that's a shame, and that's why the Democrats are trying to push through this HR one for the People right. uh, yeah. Act, which um, right that they passed last night. Right. Uh, last question, uh, Julie Kelly. Your book, "Disloyal Opposition," uh, from a year ago, a little bit more than that, I think. How the Never Trump Right tried and failed to take down the president. Do you, and you know, and maybe they didn't fail. This, they, they, you know, the president's out. President right. Trump's out. But a lot of the people in there now, especially the, the Lincoln Project, they really have been uh, uh, embarrassed. But they also made a fortune. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you do you feel good about it, or do you just shake your head and, and feel worse? 
Uh, you know, it's frustrating because, yes, they did make a ton of money. They were paid off by left-wing billionaires uh, at every turn. Some of them are still working at it, say, like a Bill Crystal. But it was very gratifying to see what happened to the Lincoln Project lowlifes, who I view as the worst of the worst. They're complete scumbags. So it was good to see what happened with them. I do feel like the Never Trumpers, though, have been quite marginalized now. Uh, they're not the useful idiots that they were for four years. So, um, you know... <laughs> I don't see them around as much, which is good. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark, Julie Kelly, were, I'm glad you were one of you were one of the first guys, people to ask me to be on your show. I mentioned you in my book, and you have been that's true. Uh, you do a great friend, yep. supporter. Yes. Well, it's so, true. Well, I knew you when, but you know. So no, uh, thank you, Julie Kelly. I'm glad you're out there everywhere, and everybody needs to go and read her at American Greatness amgreatness.com, at Julie underscore Kelly two on Twitter. I'll never, I won't complain about your Twitter handle now. It's too important, so <laughs> never change it. All right, thanks, Julie. Uh, thanks for coming thanks, on. Guys. Take care, thanks. All right, we'll take yep, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now, the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. In a headline that could just as easily have come from the news satire website, The Babylon Bee, Biden climate czar John Kerry was caught taking a private jet for a quick jaunt to Iceland to receive an award honoring his leadership on climate change. You can't make this stuff up. It'd be funny if it weren't so hypocritical and sad. However, even worse is Kerry's defense for taking the private jet. He said that taking a private jet is the only choice for somebody like me. Kerry's words reek with condescension. His only choice for somebody like me defense is no defense at all. I have no problem with wealthy people who own private jets. I'm a capitalist to the core. If someone is successful enough to afford a private jet, good for them. Maybe they can give me a ride sometime. What I cannot tolerate is the hypocrisy of a climate alarmist of Kerry's caliber, ignoring the very words coming out of his own mouth. Let's put some numbers to this hypocrisy. Public flight logs indicate that John Kerry's private jet spent about 20 hours in the air in 2020. Professional estimates indicate that this airtime would result in about 116 metric tons of carbon emissions. By comparison, the average car in America puts out about 4.6 metric tons in a full year. Thus, Kerry's jet put out the emissions of 25 car years in just 20 hours. I'm not saying John Kerry should take a car to Iceland to receive his Iceberg Award, but I think it's worth asking why he couldn't take a commercial flight to help save the planet. As long as liberals like John Kerry fly around on their private jets, they have no business wrecking America's energy sector and destroying tens of thousands of jobs, all in the name of rescuing Mother Earth. President Donald Trump was able to make America energy independent in record time. President Biden and his cohorts like John Kerry want nothing more than to undo all of this and everything else that Trump built for the American people. We can't let their hypocrisy stand. Kerry should get his head out of the clouds and start working for the American people. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. 
Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, and uh, we got some ground to cover here to finish things up. Let me first of all finish by telling you a little bit about my trip to Waco. Again, it's Ed Martin here, uh, Ed Martin's Pro-America Report. You can um, get all these interviews over at ProAmericaReport.com. They're cataloged over there, and uh, you should check them out and uh, sign up for the Daily Wink over there, too. So I was down in Waco, Texas, because uh, one of my great friends is the Honorable Helen Marie Taylor. She's only 96 years old. She's still going strong. She was born and raised in Waco, Texas. She then spent a lot of her life in uh, uh, Richmond, Virginia area and up in Orange. Extraordinary lady, great history, incredible fighter. And she's got a museum down there of Waco history. And she asked me to go down and I did some meetings and things. And so I was down there and I spent some time with Congressman Pete Sessions, who is a friend of mine for about, I don't know, 10 years or more. Um, Great character, a really interesting man. And uh, now in Congress. But here's the thing I wanted to tell you a couple things. One is he He's the one that explained to me that what they did in the uh, in the Biden covid corruption bill, um, it was a actually a um, a clever and he meant it as a compliment in the sense that it was clever planning. They they pre appropriated the money. They appropriated the money for next year for 2022 so that they wouldn't have to come back and do it. But they're appropriating money to be spent. Why in 2022 election year? Because they know that that's going to be the hardest election year in a long time for Democrats swimming upstream against the Biden fiasco and all. So that's what they did. And he also said, if you look closely, it's nothing compared. It's like it's exponentially worse than the uh, even than the Obama uh, stimulus uh, pork bill back in the day. So it is um, really, really bad, creates welfare programs that are really destructive for our our families and our kids. And it was pre appropriated pre-appropriated. And I said earlier, as I said earlier, and let me, let me then put a fine point on this. Um, the only thing we can do about this is learn from it because the fake news is hiding the truth. They're hiding what's important they're, and they're making us focus on the shiny objects. And we have to, we have to break through from the bad uh, media sources, right? And, and not focus on those media sources that are not good for us, but we just have to also learn from this. We have to cut, like, here's another example. They're supposedly is another $2 trillion spending bill that's a, quote, jobs bill, end quote, that Biden wants to propose. And remember, this is just wealth transfer from the, from the taxpayers into the Treasury to the interest groups on the left. There's no, the, the teachers union got bailed out, the, the, the big spending states got bailed out. All these things are happening because it's a bailout, it's a transfer of wealth to these special interest groups. Uh, the money given to the teachers union in 2022 will be used to support all the elections and support the candidates for school boards. The school boards will be up for re-election in 2021, 2022, 2023, and they're going to have to have massive amount of spending to support them. That's what they're doing. It's really devious. All right. Now, so what can we do? Well, we got to change. We got to learn from it. And we got to start talking about the things that matter ahead of time from what the things that don't. I'm upset Dr. Seuss got jerked around, too. I'm not really upset. I mean, I don't really. It's not my thing. Uh, but I mean, I'm not a Dr. Seuss guy. But I mean, it's still dumb and it's crazy and all that. But why are we spending our time on things that don't matter when they just transform the country? So that's what we're going on now. My next transition here is you probably didn't notice and I didn't. That about three weeks ago, um, they named the committee, the Oversight Committee for the House, the U.S. House, has a, has an Oversight Committee, and then it has a subcommittee for civil rights and justice or something like that. And that's where the elections fall. 
And so it's uh, it is um, it is uh, it is that's where the elections fall. And it is the one that it is the one that um, that uh, that is um, that is where where people are going to go uh, to uh, to uh, look at the elections. And the chairman of that sub- subcommittee is Congressman Raskin, Congressman Raskin, the guy that was the impeachment manager. He's terrible. I mean, he was a terrible impeachment manager. He's a Harvard-educated guy, and he thinks he's very smart. He's a constitutional lawyer from, uh, from I don't know what school, University of Maryland or somewhere. And so that's, what, uh, that's the committee. Well, what Pete Sessions told me was, because he's got 23 years in Congress and a lot of seniority and he knows how the game is played, they named him the ranking member. So on that subcommittee that looks at elections, there's now Pete Sessions, the ranking member, and he said... There's a handful of guys and gals in the House, Republicans, that know they got to get to the bottom of the elections, not in, 20, in, 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 in 2020, not again to overturn the election. I say it over and over again. We're not going to get that done. The Constitution has operated. No, this is to get to the bottom of how what's happened so that we can make sure it doesn't happen again. And so that we can give confidence to the Trump voters to bother coming out. So it's a huge break. And I didn't know it was there. Again, the media, the fake news will cover everything that doesn't matter and ignore the things that matter. Our job is to find the things that matter. I mean, Fox News is covering the border. That's good. I mean, the border crisis. That's good. I mean, I can't. I don't. I, don't, I mean, that's a positive development. But we have to get a more sophisticated um, conservative media that will identify what's happening. We, or we have to build that together so that people understand what's going on. And this is a great example of that. There is a committee in the House with Republicans that will have some ability to try to get to the bottom of some of this stuff. And if, when there's a change in the House of Representatives, they could probably, they could use the beginning of this work to launch the thing forward. It's a huge opportunity and it's something nobody knows about. All right, we got to run. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our technical director, Joanna, for booking our guests, and you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.